Let's read Proverbs 9, page 642. Wisdom has built her house. She has set up, up its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her servants and she calls from the highest point of the city. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, come, eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. Whoever corrects a mocker invites insults. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise and they will love you. Instruct the wise and they will be wiser. Still teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through wisdom your days will be many. And years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. Folly is an unruly woman. She is simple and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city, calling out to those who pass by who go straight on their way. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, stolen water is sweet, food eaten in secret is delicious. But little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are deep in the realm of the dead. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this passage in your word that you have spoken for us to hear this afternoon. Thank you that in your will, in your intention, you wanted us as the Globe Church to open this up today so that you could speak to us. And so we pray that we would listen, that you would open our ears, that your Holy Spirit would shine light into our dark hearts and minds. Lord, where things are difficult to understand, help us to understand. Where we don't like what you say, help us to rejoice in your truth and not, our, what, not what we think. I pray that we would all have an attitude together as a church family of humility. Lord, we're here to learn from you. We don't teach you, you teach us. And so we pray that that would happen now and you change our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're in Proverbs and um, just, just for this one week, we're going to be in Proverbs 9. And so it'll be no surprise to you that we're going to be thinking about wisdom which is the very first word of the chapter, wisdom. And wisdom is how you live your life in God's world. That's what wisdom is. And we're going to approach the topic of wisdom today through a simple choice. And when I say simple, I mean really, really, really simple. It's so obvious, it's so easy that I guarantee it'll take you about two seconds to decide which option you're going to go for. Are you ready for your choice? The choice today through Proverbs 9 is cake or death. Okay, that's your option. Cake or death. There it is, so you don't forget it. Cake or death. Think about it. Which one do you want? Cake or death? It's a pretty simple choice. One brings pleasure, great pleasure, lots of cake today and happiness. The other brings, well, death. It's death. Cake or death. So which one would you like? Cake or death? Now, cake or death, is basically, this sounds really weird, but go with me, it's basically the choice we have before us in Proverbs 9, cake or death. Now, Proverbs 9 is the choice between wisdom 
and folly. Those are the two big things, wisdom and folly. And if you're thinking, how on earth do wisdom and folly go with cake or death? You'll see. Isn't that intriguing? We're going to get there, okay? But it's basically about wisdom and folly, this choice. Now, wisdom, let's get some definitions. Wisdom is living in God's world, God's way. Going with the grain of how he lovingly designed life to be. So if you get wisdom according to the Bible, you start with the fear of the Lord. God is the center of the universe. He invented family, relationships, food, sexuality, work. And so he's the best one to tell us how to live. Folly, on the other hand, is to push against how God made things to be. To live in God's world, our way. To be foolish is to push against the grain of how he made everything. To say, well, I don't care how it was designed to be. I'm going to navigate life my way. Wisdom, folly. And Proverbs 9 is essentially about the choice between wisdom and folly. And I want us to see that the choice between wisdom and folly is just like the choice between cake or death. Seriously, we're going to get there. Now, Proverbs 9 puts wisdom and folly in the form of these two characters, these two ladies. Look at verse 1. We get first Lady Wisdom. Wisdom has built her house. Do you see how wisdom has been personified as this lady, Lady Wisdom? And then in verse 13, we get Lady Folly. Folly is an unruly woman. Okay, so you see we've got Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly. And these two women embody the choice we all have in life over how we're going to live. Wisdom. Are we going to live wisely in God's world, God's way? Or are we going to live in folly? foolishness, sin, God's world, but our way. Wisdom, folly, cake or death. Now, both of these women call out throughout this chapter and invite us to follow their way. Have a look at verse three. This is Lady Wisdom calling. She is sent out by her servants and she calls from the highest point of the city. And then over in verse 15, Lady Folly, calling out to those who pass by. So they're calling out with their way that they want you to live life. Because our choice about how we're going to walk the paths of life aren't a decision that we make in kind of a vacuum, in isolation, that we just kind of decide what we're going to do and then go that way. Actually, we're, we're shaped by all sorts of voices outside of us that call in on our lives to live either God's way or another way. It's like we're walking through life and we're passing, passing by along this street and we hear these two women, these two ways calling out to us to convince us, go our way, go the way of wisdom, go the way of folly, cake or death. And this kind of calling out in our lives, is, I think, rings really true. I mean, even just think about things like a TV show that I think tries to commend to us a way of life. For example, a group of friends who live in an apartment in New York, for example, you might look at them and go, the point of that is to go, well, I really want to live like them or I really don't want to live like them. Or maybe the louder call in our lives is the real life dramas around us. So you see uh, uh, friends or colleagues make certain choices about um, how they live their life and that you'll either be attracted to that or put off that. So maybe you see your colleague move in with their girlfriend or boyfriend and that calls out to you, look, this is the way you do relationships. You know, don't tie yourself in too quickly. This is how you do it. And you'll, that'll be commending itself to you as something good. 
Or you see someone and the way they work really diligently and you go, yeah, that's a way I want to choose. Do you see how it kind of calls out to you? I had the very strange experience recently of watching uh, Catch Up on Channel 4. And this is literally what happened. There was a Ron Seal advert and it went, Phil, you sitting there. And then started to sell this paint to me. Freaked me out. The TV spoke to me. I, I think it's because I logged in as my name. Anyway, it's really, really weird. But literally, the TV was speaking to me, calling out to me to buy Ron Seal. I don't have a garden. I'm not going to paint any fences. It's not going to happen. But we walk through life with things calling out to us, advertising to us. Phil, choose wisdom. Choose folly. God's way or our way. And these women in chapter 9, which we're going to look at in more depth now, represent that those calls on our lives. So this afternoon is a moment for us to stop and think, which way of life do I want to choose? And the choice that we're going to think about is the call towards wisdom or folly, cake or death. Okay. Let's look more closely at what they call out, and you'll begin to get the cake death thing. All right. Let's take a look at Lady Wisdom first in verse 1. And Lady Wisdom is offering cake. Wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. So here she is. She's built this house, which in, in this culture in the ancient Near East represented your whole life. That's what the house is kind of an image for. Imagine your life is a house that you build. And you choose its foundations. Are they solid? And your life is built bit by bit to be this great house that you live your life in. So wisdom, Lady Wisdom has built a life, a house. And she set it up with seven pillars, seven being this number of perfection. So this this way of life is solid. It's good. This is, this is attractive. This is cake, right? This is great. I, you know, I like a well-built, structured life. She knows what she's doing. And remember I said that these women are calling out to us. They're inviting us to choose their way of life. So you see that in verse 2. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. Do you see the imagery of this feast laid out that you're meant to look in at and want to be part of? I walk past all-you-can-eat Chinese restaurants. And I look through the window and I see people so happy. And I see that, you know, the light that they shine on the, on, the, on the food and it glows with greasy goodness. And I just want to be in there feasting in on it. And here Lady Wisdom has this spread of food saying, the way of living I offer to you is as inviting as, this, as a beautiful spread of food. Don't you want to come in? And then she sends out her servants um, to spread the call. And then she gets to the highest point of the city so everyone can hear. And this is what she cries out in verse 4. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, come, eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. Now, this isn't particularly flattering to us because when she talks about uh, the simple people and those with no sense, she's talking about us, okay? We're those who in life, we, we just lack wisdom. It's hard to know how to navigate the complexities of life. Honestly, most of the time, I'm just winging it. 
Anyone else winging life? No? Okay. And so we pass by Lady Wisdom and she says, are you, are you baffled by what's going on in the world? Are you baffled by culture and society, by sexuality? And do you feel you, you don't know how best to handle your relationships, your work, your life? She says, well, come to me. I've got cake. I've got wisdom. It's good. Leave behind your simple ways of confusion and I'll tell you how to live in God's world, God's way. And you'll live. This is good. It's delicious to follow God's ways in the world. And then we have this list of kind of proverbs um, from verse 7 about um, not rebuking mockers. It's just good, good wisdom, growing in wisdom. And then we hit the heart of it in verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Do you see, she holds out the key of life to you. Fear of the Lord. Knowing and humbling yourself before the maker of everything. She invites us. It's cake. Come have it. It's good. Do you hear wisdom calling to you to choose her? Verse 12. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. It's good. Ah, but we're a cynical bunch. See, I read this and I think, yeah, there must be a catch. All this talk of, of food, of cake, of, of a good life, of joy and happiness in knowing God's way and living his way, not my way, being so great. Is she hiding something? Once in Borough Market, I was there with Rosie and this lady came up to me, from, a lady from Korea, and basically wanted to give Rosie a toy. And I was so suspicious. So as soon as she was like, I want, I want to, and she kind of tapped me on the shoulder and said, I, w- I want to give, give your daughter this toy. I immediately kind of positioned myself around the pram. So I'm going to try and steal my bag while I'm being distracted and with her. And she genuinely just wanted to give Rosie a toy. It was just really nice. But I was so suspicious. I thought there must be a catch. And I think we may be here, God's call, come and live my way. And we're suspicious. Well, can it really be that good? You know, God to us is a kind of killjoy. He's, what's the worst way we could describe him? Ah, Victorian. You know, we know they had no fun. His morals, his way of living is so repressive. But wisdom calls out, no, 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 no. It's, it's really cake. It's really delicious. It, this way of life is how it's designed to be. Do you want to live how you were made to live? Do you want cake? There's no catch. Here it is. God really knows what's best for us. Wisdom is on offer in a relationship with God. So that's the first choice before us. Wisdom, living in God's world, God's way, and it's, it's cake, it's good. Why wouldn't you want it? So the second choice then, lady folly or death. Let's have a look at verse 13. Here she is. Folly is an unruly woman. She is simple. And knows nothing. So what are your first impressions of Lady Folly? Now, at first sight, she's not the person you have on speed dial for kind of life coaching, is she? You know, she's unruly. Uh, She lacks discipline, order. Remember, Lady Wisdom had built this house, seven perfect pillars. It was all really good. And she's described as simple and knowing nothing. Hang on, I thought we were the ones who were simple and didn't know anything and we needed help. But we're told up front, 
Now, she's simple too. She doesn't know what she's doing, but she wants you to listen to her. Interesting. It's hardly the offer of cake so far, is it? But in verse 14, a really key dimension to Lady Folly comes in. This is, this is where she becomes powerful. Look at verse 14. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city, calling out to those who pass by who go straight on their way, let all who are simple come to my house. Now, Proverbs, up until this point, has been kind of addressed rhetorically to young men, inviting them to live the wise life. So imagine the young men passing by, and what do they see with this lady? A woman in the door of her house inviting them in. We're supposed to see a red light hanging over the door. She calls out, I have what you want. See, it doesn't matter that she doesn't have any wisdom, that up front we're told she's completely useless as a guide to life. She has the allure of a woman offering a young man sex. That's the image. And that's powerful. That's alluring. And so the point is, the life of folly has the allure to us that a prostitute has to a young man walking the streets of Amsterdam. That's what's going on here. Living our way in God's world is powerfully alluring as she calls people in to follow her, even though we can see that she's useless. And she, she says as much in her speech. Look at verse 17. This is what she says. Stolen water is sweet. Food eaten in secret is delicious. Stolen water is bad. You're not supposed to steal. But it tastes so good. Food eaten in secret, doing something you're not supposed to do in secret, is delicious. There's a thrill in doing what is wrong. There's a thrill in living my way in God's world. I'm free. I can do what I want. I act on my impulses. And some sins literally make your heart race. Do you not think that Eve, when she bit into that fruit, had a, had a sense of thrill as she did it? Can it be wrong if it feels so good? But behind it all is death. Verse 18, here it is. But little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are deep in the realm of the dead. The reality is that living our way will ultimately bring misery to ourselves and to those around us. Death. And you know that, don't you? The moments of greatest thrill are when you do what you want, but then they tend to be those moments that you regret for the rest of your life. Sin, this folly, it breaks trust, it destroys relationships, it damages others, it hurts ourselves, it wrecks families, friendships and communities. Folly is death, this way of life. So let's think more about why it's so attractive to us. So we have before us, and maybe I hope, I hope you see this now, the choice of cake or death. Life, God's way, in God's world, enjoying pleasing him, living life as it was meant to be lived, cake. Or life following our way that has no idea what it's doing, no idea what's best, and will bring pain to you and those around you and put you on the wrong side of God. Cake or death, wisdom or folly, 
Easy choice. And yet here's the kick of it all. We choose death. Would you like cake or death? And we go, hmm, death please. Would you like God's way of joy living with him? Or would you like a way that lacks understanding and repeatedly leads to pain? And we go, ah, the second one please. Let me give you a silly example from, from my life. As a child, I twice deliberately electrocuted myself. Okay? I thought one day, I wonder what it feels like to be electrocuted. So I took out the bulb out of, out of a lamp and I stuck my fingers in. It felt very strange. And then a few years later, I thought, I wonder what it feels like to be electrocuted. So I took out the bulb out of a lamp and stuck my fingers in. And it still felt very strange. What a stupid child! Why would I do that? But I'm like that with sin. I do stuff, it burns me, and then I do it again. What is our problem? You know, what leads you and I to choose folly over and over again instead of the cake of wisdom? Well, Lady Folly has told us, going against God's way is really, really enjoyable. Stolen water is sweet. Why does the young man choose the woman who invites him in, even though he knows it's wrong? Because it's attractive. Why do you get angry, burst out in rage or kind of slow burn in resentment, even when you know it's going to hurt you and people around you? Because it feels good to vent your anger, doesn't it? Why do we take drugs, get drunk when you know it's going to damage your health, make you do stupid things and harm others? Because you love how it feels. Why do you turn every conversation to be about you or go into every situation thinking about how you can get something out of it? Because it feels great to be at the center of the world. Sin is sweet. Sin is delicious. It tastes like cake. I mean, we can see that anger, pride, sexual promiscuity, laziness, overworking, greed, envy, selfishness, we can see that they all ruin our relationships with God and hurt those around us. But the fact that it feels so good in the moment gives us this kind of amnesia where we just forget how destructive it is. Don't you find yourself sometimes just saying to yourself, why did I do that again? I hate this. This way of behaving or thinking. You do it because you enjoy it. Also, I think we do it because we don't see just how bad it is. If I choose to use my phone in a way that it wasn't designed to be used, the stakes aren't very high. I, I decide to eat my food off it. It might break. But kind of who cares? But if I choose to drive my car in a way that goes against how it's designed to be driven, that's more serious. Because the stakes are higher. It might feel great to go at 90 miles an hour down the road, but there's a good chance I'm going to hit someone and kill them. And so that, the stakes of that, put the pleasure in perspective so I don't do it. It might feel great, but I can see the pain it's going to cause, and so I don't. Now, if we think that how we choose to live life is a light decision, then we'll choose folly every time. Because the pleasure is greater than the consequences, according to us. Ignoring God is a bad idea, but yeah, he's love. It's going to be okay. But by calling folly what it is, like this chapter does, the way of death, these verses are supposed to wake us up to see that the stakes of sin are so high. These verses are like, you know those, those uh, 
don't drink and drive adverts. They never use statistics. They never use reason. What do they do? They show you an image, a shocking image of the death that comes when you drink and drive. Think, don't drink and drive. It might feel great at the time, but look at the death that will follow if you do it. Living free from God might feel great, but little do we know that's the source of all the pain in the world. And there's a day when we're going to be held to account by God for whether we've chosen wisdom or folly. And the consequences for us are eternal death. Our destiny becomes one of death. And there's not a person here who isn't guilty of choosing death over cake, choosing our way over God's way. Can you see through the pleasure of sin to the death that it causes? Take a moment now. Think, is there a particular way of living, a particular sin that you find yourself allured to over and over and over again? Take a look at it. Can you see through the pleasure it brings you to the pain and the death that results from it? Cake or death? Our problem is that we choose death. We choose life in God's world our way. So, what's the solution? What does God offer us? Well, this is how we're going to finish. Think about this. God offers us, and this is what we need, a change of destiny and a change of desire. And both of these come from Christ. A change of destiny and desire. Let's turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Page 1,145. 1 Corinthians 1, page 1,145. I'm going to be looking at verse 30. So Paul talks about Christ Jesus in wisdom terms here. Okay, so this is going to be helpful for us. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, Christians, we're in Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Paul says that Christ has become for us wisdom from God. What does wisdom look like? It looks like Jesus. And Paul zooms in in the second half of the verse a little more. The way in which Christ is wisdom to us is by being for us righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Let's think about what that means. Remember how we saw that folly leads to death, not only by ruining our relationships and damaging those around us, but most of all by bringing the anger of God on us, bringing us into this, this destiny of death where we, we deserve eternal death because of this ditching the designer that we've done. But wisdom, Jesus Christ came down and on the cross, he beats that death and destruction that our folly has caused. Christ, it says, became our righteousness. That means that he died so we could be made right before God, even though we're sinful fools. Our sin has fractured our relationship with God. We're unrighteous. But in wisdom, Jesus, by dying for us and rising again, became righteousness 
for us. Restoring our relationship with God. And it says he's made us holy. That means morally pure. We don't have it in ourselves because we choose death every time. But Jesus became holiness for us. Pure. And redemption. Being brought back to God from this way of death. He's, he's brought us back from death to a relationship with God. In the cross, Christ has brought us back to God. So our life of loving and choosing our way means our destiny is death forever. But Jesus, wisdom incarnate, came down to change that destiny by dying on the cross. So if you trust in Christ, he will transform your destiny of death and bring you into one of eternal life with God. But also Christ changes our desires. Think about this conundrum we've had of cake and death, wisdom and folly, but the fact that we keep choosing death, we keep choosing folly. See, our problem isn't just one of education. I remember having a conversation once with a friend and we're talking about, uh, I think it was uh, drug problems, and he, he said, education is what we need. If we just educated everyone about drugs, then no one would take drugs. Now, I don't know about you, but, but as I read Proverbs 9 and, and go through what we've been thinking about, the problem isn't my knowledge of what's wrong. I know that ignoring God is a bad idea. That's pretty plain from Proverbs. We've seen that. I know it's bad for me, so I don't just need educating. And Proverbs pushes deeper than that. Lasting change is going to happen on the level of my desires. What do you want? See, even if I know sin is bad for me, I still like it. So the solution has to change what I like. Now, Buddhists will tell you that the problem is that you have desires. You get rid of the desires and then you'll stop doing wrong things. The Bible says our problem isn't that we have desires, it's that we desire the wrong things. And so Lady Wisdom calls out, don't desire less. Desire me instead. Desire God's way. See that God's ways are, are like a satisfying, rich feast. Desire the cake. Now, for Christians, God has made it even easier for us to find wisdom attractive. Because God doesn't just give us two fictional women to try and help us choose wisdom. He does one better than that. God himself came down into this world as a human and lived as wisdom on earth. Wisdom incarnate. It's hard to want a concept, desire wisdom. Don't feel it. But we have wisdom in a person, flesh and blood, just like you and me, Jesus Christ, the wise way lived out. And when we look at Christ, we begin to see that living wisely like Jesus is more desirable than folly. Do you feel trapped in always choosing sin and folly? Look at Christ and see just how beautiful the wise, obedient life is. And he will give you the grace to change too. So here's how we're going to finish. I'm going to describe some things from the life of Christ that embody this wisdom on display for us to see. And as I go through, I just want to invite you to pray and think. Say, Lord, in your grace, 
Help me to want cake more than death, to want to be like Christ more than I want to sin. So let's finish by gazing on Christ, the perfect, wise man. Jesus Christ was generous with all he had. He didn't use his power to build up popularity or gain money or exploit people. All he had at his disposal, he gave for us, his enemies. Jesus Christ was diligent in all he did. He worked hard to bless those around him. He was never lazy. He rested. He wasn't a workaholic. Embracing God's way of working and resting well, he made the right choices every single day. Jesus Christ was wise in his speech. He always spoke truth. His words were gentle to the broken, shattering arrogance, never crude, never bitter, but saying, Father, forgive. Jesus Christ was sexually pure. He lived God's way of singleness and celibacy, and he upheld marriage. The perfect human was single all his life and found joy in sexual purity. Jesus Christ feared the Lord. The glory and will of his Father was of such infinite value to him that he obediently went to the cross in what seemed to be the most foolish act in history, but which was the supreme act of sacrifice and love and wisdom. Christ became wisdom for us. We fail at each turn, but his cross brings forgiveness and his spirit empowers us to begin to want wisdom and to walk in its ways. Heavenly Father, please transform our hearts. We are sorry for choosing over and over again to sin, to go our way, even though we, it burns us and burns those around us. We, we, we feel so helpless. But thank you for this, this way of wisdom, this this beautiful way that you invented us to live, that you put before us in Proverbs. Oh, and you put before us in Christ in full radiance. Thank you that he died for us to rescue us, to bring us so that we can be forgiven and, and begin to walk this way of wisdom. And we pray for his spirit's power and grace. That this week, tomorrow, when we wake up and go through Monday, that we would live lives where we begin to want what you want. We begin to delight in your ways. And so live the life of wisdom, just how you made us to be. We thank you for Christ. And I pray for us as a church that you would fill our vision with him. That we would delight and treasure him more deeply than we ever have before. And that as we gaze on him, we would be transformed into his likeness. We want to be wise. We know that you love to answer that prayer. So please, Lord. Make us wise for your glory. Amen.